0: Guadalupe Radio presents Tonantzin Guadalupe, the podcast.
1: First chapter, the first appearance. A woman surrounded by the sun. Tonantzin, our venerated mother.
2: Thus, it is told, here in this account, of how the perfect maiden miraculously appeared. Our Holy Mary, Mother of God, our Queen and Noble Lady, appeared there, on the Tepeac Hill, top of the mountain, which the Spaniards called Tepeyacilla. On this small hill, before the arrival of the Spaniards, the Aztecs had built a temple dedicated to the Mother of the Gods, which they called Quatlique. Tonantzin, Tonantzin, which means Our Venerated Mother. That temple had been destroyed during the brutal and devastating conquest of Hernán Cortés shortly before the fall of the Aztec Empire. Years of horrible instability followed in the territory called Las Indias, the Indies, later known as the New Spain. During Carlos' first reign, important changes were promoted in the legislation of the Indies, such as the prohibition of slavery. However, the expeditions for conquest and the power struggles between Spaniards continued. During that time, what is now known as Mexico was then called Mexico. Carlos I of Spain appointed Fray Juan de Sumarga, the first Franciscan bishop of Mexico to be the protector of the Indians. Along with this religious authority, the so-called First Court arrived to Mexico with the idea of verifying on the part of the king if there were injustices in the Indies and contempt for his orders. And so, ten years after the fall of Mexico-Tenochtitlan, with arrows and shields put aside, peace and harmony began to reign Almost everywhere, except for Nuno de Guzman, president of the first audience, and General de Galdillo, who continued with their corruption and disastrous abuses against the Indians. It was a Saturday of the year 1531, a few days into the month of December. When Our Lady, the Mother of the Giver of Life, Ipanemaani, showed herself very early in the morning to a Masewal, a poor man, a humble but a respected man, he was a Chichimeca Indian, a worker of the land, born around the year 1474 in the Tlayacac neighborhood of the city Titlan which belonged to the kingdom of Texcoco of the Aztec Empire. His indigenous name was Guau-Tlatuacin, which in his mother tongue translated to he who speaks like an eagle. But, like many, he had been converted by the early Franciscan missionaries around 1524 and began to use his Christian name. Juan Diego, the precious image of the perfect maiden appeared before the newly elected bishop of Mexico, Don Fray Juan de Sumarga, who fulfilled the wish and the will of the Guadalupe, building her a shrine in Tepeyac. The whole town then visited her image, all kinds of people poor and rich, Indians and Spaniards, went to praise the Mother of God, Teotl Inancin, in the place that she had chosen, that hill of Tepeyac, to express their love and gratitude as she manifested her protection to all those who came to her. It was early morning on Saturday, December 9th, 1531, not yet dawn, when a man by the name of Juan Diego Cuauhtlatoatzin, who was said to have had his home in Cuauhtitlan, suddenly stopped on a little hill called Tepeyac. Juan Diego was a man of faith considered pious both by the priests and by the inhabitants of these lands. Juan Diego, leaving very early from Tulpetlac to Tlatelolco, made a great effort to go every week to pursue his religious studies of God and His commandments. He was already 57 years old, and his wife, Maria Lucia, had died two years earlier. Early that morning, dawn shone on the earth, and Juan Diego stopped when he heard a soft, melodious music that resembled the songs of many precious birds. When the voices would stop, it was as if the hill was answering them, soft and delightful. The sounds surpassed the songs of those of the Zenitskan and other precious birds that sing. And Juan Diego said to himself,
1: A Susanitimiki? Am I dreaming? Perhaps I'm only dosing. Am I worthy of this gift? Caniñanik? Caniñaninota? Where am I? Where? Where do I find myself? Is it possible that I am in the place of our ancestors, of our elders? the place our grandparents told us about, in the flowery land, Suchitlalpan. in the land of our sustenance, Tonacatlalpan, in the land of corn and of sun, in the land of our flesh, perhaps in the
2: heavenly land, Ilhuicahuatapan? Juan Diego kept looking up to the top of the hill, towards where the sun rises, towards the early sky, toward where the Precious celestial song was coming from when suddenly the singing stopped. When he stopped hearing the heavenly sound, he heard someone calling him. He was surprised as he clearly heard his name. A voice, sweet and strange, called him from above the hill and said, Quote, let the see. At last, he dared to go where he was called. He climbed to the top of the hill without fear, without any disturbance, without any concern. His heart was not disturbed but felt a great joy and contentment. He rejoiced, and when he reached the top of the hill to see who was calling him, he saw a noble lady who was standing there. She spoke to him and asked him to come closer to her, and when he almost reached her, he was filled with admiration for her greatness that exceeded all imagination. Juanitsin
3: Juan Juanito Go out in. My son whom I love dearly come closer don't be afraid
2: When he came into her presence he saw her perfection her dress was like the shining sun as if it were sending out waves of light her hair was silky, and she was dressed in a pink robe and a blue cloak. Inside the tunic, another white dress peeked out. She wore linen sandals and a closed cummerbund in the front. The stones and rocks on where she stood seemed to be giving out rays. Her radiance was like precious jades, like glittering jewels. The earth reverberated shimmering like a rainbow glowing in the mist and the mesquite trees the nopales and other herbs that grow in that area seemed like emeralds like quetzal plumage like turquoise and their foliage their trunk and thorns prickles shined like gold he kneeled himself in her presence and listened to her voice her breath, her words, so sweet and kind, her voice clear like water, so full of love. And speaking in the same language, she said, Glashikaki no shokoyo,
3: se kampa in Listen, my son, Juan Diego, where are you going? And he replied, no te eh. Si huapile.
1: No My lady. Noble Queen. My little girl. Beloved Maiden. I'm going as far as to your revered house in Meshikotla Telolku. I'm going to follow the divine things. Those teachings that show us everything that makes God to be God. Those teachings that are given to us. Taught to us by the ones who represent our Lord, the delegated priests of
2: our Lord. And right away, she revealed her precious will to him.
3: My dear and youngest son, no, I am your beloved mother. It is really me. No, no for sure, my dearest, littlest, and younger son. That I am the Always Maiden, the Holy Mary, Mother of God, the God of Truth, Giver of Life, Ipalnemoani, Creator of all people, Yokoyani, Lord of the Heavens, Ilwikawa, Lord of the Earth, Glaltikpake, Through whom everything lives and exists. I want very much. I wish it very much. that here, in this spot, that they raise my sacred house, my divine house, where I will show. I will praise. I will make it clear. I will exalt him and make him manifest. And I will give to the people all my love. My compassionate gaze, my protection, my help. Because I really am your merciful, compassionate mother. I am yours and of all the men and women who live together on this earth. And also the mother of all other people. People of different ancestries, those who love me. Those who seek me. Those who trust me. There, in that sacred place, I will listen to their crying, to their joys, to their sadness, to their sorrows and complaints, And there, I will remedy all their various needs, their miseries and their pains. And to bring about what my compassionate and merciful gaze is trying to do, I need for you to go to the residence of the bishop of Mexico, and you tell him how I am sending you, so that you may reveal to him that I very much want him to build me a house here, that I very much want him to provide for me to build on this plane. My divine house, you will tell him everything you saw, what you heard, and what you have admired, and rest assured that I will greatly appreciate and pay for it. That is why I will enrich you, I will glorify you, because you deserve much, and I, your mother, your noble lady, always a maiden, I will reward you for your tiredness. For your fatigue, for your service, for your work and trouble that my mission will cause you, I will reward you. You have already heard, my dearest son, my breath, my word, my truth. Go now, do what you're responsible for,
2: and put forth your best effort and faith. And in her presence, he immediately kneeled and said, no te
1: my lady. Si noble lady, my beloved. I'm going to fulfill your venerable breath, your revered word. For now, I turn away from you. I, your humble servant.
2: Then he came down the hill to go to fulfill his errand. He came to find the road that goes straight to Mashiko, And when he got to the inner city, he went straight to the bishop's palace, the governing priest who had recently arrived. His name was Don Fray Juan de Sumarga, a Franciscan priest. Mexico was in a critical situation. Natural catastrophes, slavery, corruption, invasive authoritarianism at all levels— Irreverence and persecution, fear and despair. The indigenous Mexicans exclaimed,
1: Neither you understand this nor we understand you, nor do we know what you want.
2: Let us now die, let us now disappear, because now our gods are dead. This devastating request, extracted from the terrible reality that was being lived in the recently born New Spain, this very critical time, before the clamor for justice and life,
4: was what made the bishop write to King Carlos, the first of Spain. If God does not provide a remedy from his hand, the earth is on the point of being totally lost.
2: The indigenous Mexicans, faced with the customs and beliefs of foreign culture and dispossessed of all their former greatness, had lost all their reason for living. In addition, the abuse, the violence, and corruption of the tyrants, Nuno de Guzman, Diego Delgadillo, and Juan Ortiz de Matienzo, was barbaric. They were part of the administration of auditors that the king of Spain had sent to the new Spain. The bishop continued writing to the king.
4: The judges of the Supreme Court, with unhealthy greed, Commit all kinds of abuses. They distribute among themselves thousands of Indians, chain slaves, sell justice, take indigenous noblemen as hostages to later demand a ransom and everything to accumulate more and more riches. They commit such abuse that they put the whole country in revolt and danger. As soon
2: as Juan Diego arrived at the bishop's palace, he knocked on the door and a friar opened it for him.
0: Who's knocking? Who is it?
1: Excuse me, sir, but I come to give a message to the bishop. I need to see him.
0: But why are you coming so early? Don't you know what time it is?
1: I came here to speak to the bishop to give him a very important message.
0: And from whom?
1: It's it's a long story, and the message... uh, The message is private and only for the bishop.
0: Well, come in and wait. You will have to hold out for a while because you do not have an appointment and the bishop is very
2: busy. And the hours passed and Juan Diego kept waiting. The servants and assistants paid no attention to him, perhaps because they saw that he was poor and humble and did not take him seriously. From time to time, he heard birds singing and smiling. He did not lose faith. After a long time... The friar returned to tell him that at last, the bishop was ready to see him.
0: Well, the illustrious awaits you. Come in now. Come in. Come in. Fast. He is waiting for you.
2: And when he came in, he knelt down and kneeled himself before the bishop. Due to his advanced age, the bishop had not learned the mashika's language. Therefore, he always had a translator with him.
1: Come on, son.
2: Say what you want. I need to give him this message. Can you translate it, please? And Juan Diego told him what he had seen, everything he had marveled, everything he had heard.
0: I had
1: to deliver this message to you. I am sent by the noble lady of heaven, whom I saw and with whom I spoke to this morning. I was coming early this morning to Tlatelolco, when suddenly... I saw a lady who was there standing alone, and she told me to come closer. I marveled at her greatness, because her garment was radiant like the sun, and she shined on the earth like the rainbow. And when she spoke to me with her tender and soft
3: voice, she said, You will go to the bishop's palace and tell him how I am sending you to tell him what I very much desire. May he build a divine house on this hill, a temple where I will give all my love to the people. There I will heal and remedy their sorrows, their pain, their miseries, and help all that come to me.
2: The bishop listened without interrupting him, but he did not believe him judging that it was the imagination of a poor Indian who was, perhaps, wanting to return to
4: his ancient idol worship. My son, you will come again, and I will listen to you calmly. I will look at what you say carefully and consider the reason why you have come, what has truly brought you to see me, what is your will, what is your wish, and your desire. Go now, go back to your house, for it's already late and... You must rest.
2: And the bishop told the interpreter when Juan Diego left the room...
4: Without you, what would I do? What account could I give of someone I do not understand nor know his true conscience?
2: And Juan Diego, cual left and was sad. And the servants, laughing, locked the door so that he would not enter again.
1: End of the first chapter.
0: Donancing Guadalupe, the podcast, is an original production by Guadalupe Radio. Theological advisor, Father Roberto Figueroa, with special performances by Sal Lopez, Ari Dario, Maricel Carrero, Jesus Nebot, Efrain Figueroa, Andres Londono, and Denise Blasor. Soprano, Juliette Blazor, Graphic designer, Marta Naranjo. Recording, by Gerardo Nevarez and Rafael Valdez. Editor, Ramón Velarde. Original music, by Maestro Marcos Loya and Juliet Plazor. Script, production, and direction, Denise Blazor, Executive producer and director, René Heredia. Donancing Guadalupe the Podcast. All rights reserved.